Welcome to another episode of a podcast at 10, a Zambian constitutional podcast. I know a lot of you were eager and anticipating for me to have another episode for you and we are here. So today's podcast is focusing on a provision that hasn't been talked about by a lot of people. Everyone has been focusing on certain provisions, others have been focusing on bringing a point to specific provisions, which is not bad, by the way, I'm just saying, but there's a certain provision that people are not talking about. So when we get back, we will first look at the process of where the bill is at now, because I feel it's also important for people to know what the process is at now, then we'll move on to that specific provision. So once again, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Bill number 10 has been discussed at length. A lot of people have talked about it and have written a lot of submissions. But the one thing I haven't seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, is people haven't actually explained how the process is moving in this instance. Now, a lot of people think Parliament right now is where the bill is. Or it's before Parliament. No, it's not before Parliament. The constitutional bill is actually before the National Assembly because it is the duty of the National Assembly to pass the bill. And upon passing the bill, Parliament must enact that bill as law. If you look at the Constitution under Article, not Section, too many statutes, Article 63.1, it says, Parliament shall enact law. Now, note the word shall there mandatory term it's couched in an orderly manner order through bills passed by the national assembly how do you interpret that for me i interpret it as a bill will be passed by national assembly parliament must sign end of story and it also goes on to say and assented to by the president so it has to be signed by the president the bill has to be passed parliament will sign assented by the president there you have it parliament first of all is only involved at the end after the bill has been passed. So the bill is passed in the National Assembly. Now, it's important to note that even though cabinet cabinets, even though cabinet or the executive sits and makes a decision, the law has actually given power to the president to initiate bills which are then taken for consideration to the National Assembly. That is Article 92, subsection... Not su- Why am I saying subsection? I read too many acts. Article 92, clause 2, which states, without limiting the other provisions of this constitution, the president shall, again, shall means mandatory, has to do it, initiate bills for submissions, for submission to and consideration by the National Assembly. So every bill that you see in Parliament has been initiated by the President of the Republic of Zambia and it is considered by the National Assembly. So including Constitutional Amendment Number 10 of 2019. Now, 
even though the president initiates bills for consideration in the National Assembly, before they are actually taken to the floor of the National Assembly, it is of cardinal or it is mandatory as stipulated by the Constitution that the Attorney General signs on the bill to be presented to the National Assembly. Yeah, I know some people are like, I thought the Attorney General just is the legal advisor to the government. Yeah, of course. The Attorney General will go through and see if it is obviously in conformity with the Constitution, I think, and try to draft it in a legal manner. I think there's a legislative department for drafting. Yeah, but back to what I was saying. The Attorney General, as provided by Article 177, Clause 5, Paragraph B, so it states the Attorney General is the chief legal advisor to the government and shall, mandatory again, sign bills to be presented to the National Assembly. So have you seen something here? And I'm not sure if you've noticed. Then Article 97 of the Constitution, Clause 2, relates to how the bill for the alteration of the Constitution must be undertaken. So it first of all must be placed in a gazette, not less than 30 days before the first reading. Then the bill must be supported by a two-thirds majority vote on the second and third reading of all members in the assembly. Now have you noticed one thing? From Article 63, Article 177, Article 79, and Article 92. There is one there are two words, Bill National Assembly, Bill National Assembly, Bill National Assembly. It therefore shows you that the process of actually enacting a law starts with the National Assembly. They pass the bill. When they immediately pass the bill, all Parliament has to do is enact it. Parliament doesn't have to now start also critiquing the bill, if there's such a word. No, Parliament shall enact. Okay, National Assembly shall pass the bill, Parliament shall enact. Simple. What this also tells you is that the Constitution must always be read as one. All relevant provisions must be read as one so that you give the, the Constitution or the Constitution is seen to be of significant importance. So what I've read you, you're seeing how the bills are taken to one particular assembly, the National Assembly. For what? For consideration, so that they can be passed. So Section 63 talks about the fact that bills are passed in the National Assembly. Did I just say Section? Article 93 talks about the National Assembly considers bills. Article 63 talks about the National Assembly considers bills. Article 177 Clause 5, paragraph B, shows you the fact that all bills that are presented by the Attorney General must be signed and taken to the National Assembly. Article 97 shows you that every constitutional bill will first and will always pass through Parliament. No, sorry, will pass through the National Assembly before Parliament enacts that amendment. So therefore... That is how Bill 10 is going to work. 
the National Assembly will first pass the Constitutional Amendment Bill. Then Parliament will then enact that bill and the President will assent and it will become the law. Hope you've understood how the procedure is working. There has been various submissions that have um, been rendered pertaining to the Constitution of Zambia Amendment Bill number 10 of 2019. People have written a lot of um, articles in relation to the proposed provisions of the um, bill. However, there is one particular provision or a few particular provisions people have just glossed over. They haven't even talked about it. They've just said, as if it's not important. This pertains to the proposed amendment which states, and let me find it. I did see it when I was going through. Yes, I found it. So, the current provision states, and as and I quote, Supremacy of the Constitution, Article 1, Clause 5, which states that a matter relating to this Constitution shall be heard by the Constitutional Court. And when you look at Article 1 of the Constitution is amended by the deletion of Clause 5 and substitution thereof of the following. So they are proposing that Article 1.5 be substituted and it will read as subject to Article 28, a matter relating to this Constitution shall be heard and determined by the Constitutional Court. Now, a lot of people haven't talked about this provision. For me, I feel there was no need for us to even substitute anything. First and foremost, we are saying a matter, so a dispute relating to the Constitution shall be heard by the Constitutional Court. This is relating to the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court. We are now saying subject to Article 28. When we go to Article 128, we are basically still saying the same thing. We are saying subject to Article 28, it relates to the jurisdiction of what the Constitutional Court can hear. Okay? And if we move to Article 128, which I am trying my best to move to, it is saying, and I and I quote, too much debate. It is basically still saying, subject to Article 28, the Constitutional Court has original and final jurisdiction to hear a matter relating to the interpretation of this Constitution a matter relating to a violation or controversy of this constitution. It's far much better. This one's far much better. Article 1.5 talks, also says, subject to Article 28, a matter relating to this constitution shall be heard and determined. 
This is talking about the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court. I see no need in us having two provisions talking about the same thing. In my view, I'm not sure how other people defend. Yes, this provision under Article 1.5 is talking about a matter relating to the Constitution will be heard by the Constitutional Court. But isn't Article 128 also doing the same thing? Yes, it's talking about the legitimacy. So it's talking about the parameters given to the Constitutional Court to hear and determine a matter. But this matter relates to the Constitution. And Article 128 is even more specific. It relates to the violation or controversy of this Constitution subject to Article 28. Article 28, sorry, Article 1, 5, just says subject to Article 28, a matter relating to the Constitution shall be heard and determined. So we are saying where there is a dispute relating to the Constitution, the Constitutional Court will hear it. Isn't that just basically providing for the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court to hear matters relating to the Constitution? So I see no need in why we should repeat this provision twice, in my view, I'm not sure about others. In my view, there's no need because we've already given the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court to what they can hear. Matters relating to the violation of the Constitution, relating to the President, and it's even more specific and straightforward. Article 1.5 is just saying a matter relating to the Constitution. What matter? Relating to the Constitution. Yes, we know the Bill of Rights is, uh, has been um, given to the High Court because of, uh, the refer because of the failure of the referendum. But still, I think there was no need in us keeping this provision. And the recommendation should have been because Article 128 gives a more detailed inlook at the jurisdiction of the Constitution. If you look at the South African Constitution, which also has a constitutional court, I looked at the supremacy clause of the Constitution of South Africa. It, all, it just talks about the supremacy of the Constitution and makes no mention of the fact that a violation or a matter relating to this constitution shall be heard and determined by the constitutional court. But when you look at the provisions relating to the constitutional court, the South African constitution under Article 167, 3 says the constitutional court is the highest court of the republic and may decide constitutional matters. Nowhere else in the Constitution has it stated a matter relating to this Constitution shall be heard and determined because they've just put everything together. Okay? I try to look at the Kenya, Malawi, Nigeria. They don't have a constitutional court. But my main instance, and I hope it's, it's sticking, is you have... 
the same thing being repeated. If you are saying subject to Article 28, you are saying when you read Article 1.5, you must read Article 28. And Article 28, when you read it, let's just read Article 28. When you read Article 28, subject to Clause 5, if any person alleges that any of the provisions of Article 11 to 26 inclusive have been, is being, or is likely to be contravened in relation to him, then without prejudice to any other action with respect to the same matter which is lawfully available, that person may apply for redress to the High Court. We're basically saying the High Court has power to listen to matters of violation of human rights. Okay? So therefore, that is for the High Court. So everything else in the Constitution will be heard by the Constitutional Court. Doesn't that therefore show that we are talking about the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court? We are saying matters relating to the Constitution will be heard by the Constitution except for a particular provision. And when we go back to the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court under Article 128, 1, it says subject to, 20, subject to Article 28, the Constitutional Court has original and final jurisdiction. So subject to Article 28, we're going back, it's telling us the same thing about human rights, violations being heard under Part 3, Article 28 is more detailed than Article 1.5. I don't see the need, I will keep on repeating this, I don't see the need, therefore, in us having two provisions talking about the same thing. But the English used is different. That's my interpretation. And I think the recommendation should have been Article 1, Clause 5, should have been just removed. I see no need why it should be put there. Because in fact, having put Article 1, 5 in the beginning was a problem. Because Article 1, 5 said a matter relating to this constitution shall be heard by the constitutional court. It contradicted Article 128. So rather than us repeating it, we just said, you know what, let's remove it because of the fact that it would create a repetition or phrase in the Constitution. You already have subject to Article 28, talking about the same thing, subject to Article 28, matters relating to the Constitution. In this instance, if you read Article 128, it's talking about what matters the court can hear. Same thing as Article, Article 1, Clause 5. What matters can the Constitutional Court hear? So that provision should have been removed. And I think people should have looked at it in, in light of this manner and said, hey, the aspect of the Constitutional Court, can we remove it? So, based on that, I feel the Select Committee must have recommended that we just do away with Article 1.5 because it caused the mischief. I remember the case of, uh, there are a few cases. The government of the Republic of Zambia as the, res the respondent and the and Hakainde, Chilema, Godfrey, uh, Walemwamba, and others, they came under Article 128. In fact, they had commenced a matter in the High Court and in the Constitutional Court of the same nature pertaining to human rights. And the court said, well, 
subject to article 28 we have a power to only listen to violations of to of a particular nature and not issues of human rights violations are taken to the high court because in fact when the constitutional court came in everyone thought you you are able to take your human rights matters there then it was discovered article 128 and article 1 clause 5 there was a mix up so rather than keeping both the recommendation is you just been removed article 15 because it talks about the same thing i'll spend 12 minutes talking about the same thing but yes no one has talked about this and i thought it would be imperative for us to also consider those provisions that people are shunning away because i don't know why so that is my explanation i feel if you read article 1 clause 5 and you read article 1281 in the broadest sense not in in the in the broadest sense you will find they are the same because they're talking about what matter the constitutional court can hear and the fact that it says subject to article 28 on both ends makes it a repetition in my view that's why let me say this in my view the constitutional court phrase under article 15 was not needed it should have been removed the constitutional amendment bill or the constitution of zambia amendment bill 2019 has proposed that the constitutional court sitting should be provided for in an act of parliament and not in the constitution now under the constitution of zambia amendment bill clause 44 states the constitution is amended by the repeal of article 129 and substitution there of the following now what this is trying to say is if this bill passes as it is in its current form article 129 will no longer article 12991 will no longer be of importance because it would have been removed so the current article 12991 is a constitution shall be constituted by an even number of not less than 3 judges except when hearing an interlocutory matter so what they're basically saying is that when you are hearing a trial or a constitutional court trial your minimum amount of judges you can have are 3 okay 3 is a minimum but when you're hearing an interlocutory matter you can have two judges or even one most of the time it's one the case of the law association of zambia and the attorney general pertaining to the injunction to halt the continuation of the constitutional amendment or of this particular constitutional amendment is an example where the the those one judge hearing the preliminary issue of um issuing an injunction that was raised by the law association of zambia that was one judge that had that particular application and it was denied So I just wanted to explain to you interlocutory matter. Now the proposed law or the proposed amendment is that the sitting of the constitutional court shall 
be as prescribed. So meaning the constitution has mandated the constitutional court act to provide for the sitting of the constitutional court. Now, you must note that the term as prescribed when used in this manner in our constitution relates to an act of parliament. Article 266 under the definition article provides that when you see the word as prescribed in the constitution, it means an act of parliament. Now, stakeholders and I also, <laughs> I'm a bit concerned because this is a constitutional court, a very important court in our jurisdiction, rendering jurisprudence on constitutional matters and you want an act of parliament to basically describe how many judges will sit. It doesn't state that the constitutional court shall be constituted by an even number of not less than three judges and as prescribed. No, it states the constitutional or the sitting of the constitutional court shall be as prescribed. So meaning the sitting will be as stated in an act of parliament. So what will, act, what will an act of parliament say? If you look at the constitution, it creates institutions. It has created the constitutional court. So when you create a constitutional court, have a structure. Let the most important provisions stay in the constitution. If you look at the Malawan constitution, which is a bit similar here, it's Article 105 relating to the Supreme Court. Most um, Southern African countries call the Supreme Court the Supreme Court of Appeal because it's, it's an appellate court. So they don't hear any new matters. It states the sitting or the composition of its court. The Justice of the Supreme Court of Appeal for Malawi, under Article 105, sorry, shall be such shall be such number of other judges of appeal, not being less than three, as may be prescribed by an act of parliament. That, well drafted, to say the minimum number of judges in the Supreme Court of Malawi is three. So meaning the act of parliament is minimum amount should start from three and they can prescribe out. Our constitutional amendment does not mirror such an ideology. All it says is, as may be prescribed, the sitting of the constitutional court. But here, look at the sitting of a superior court telling you the number of justices when they sit for a trial should not be less than three. See, let us look at the recommendation that was given by the Parliamentary Committee on the Constitution Amendment and whether or not they supported this proposal to remove the whole of, to repeal Article 129.1 and replace it with a few words that basically are saying that the sitting of the Constitutional Court shall be as prescribed by an act of parliament. I'm just trying to find that provision by the committee, Article 129. I can't find it. Have I missed it? 
Okay, approval. Hey guys, come on. I can't find it. The silence is killing me. Still looking for it. Select committee um did not make mention. From what I'm seeing, they did not make any recommendation about it. Based on what I have seen, there's a procedure for removing judges, tenure of office of judges, yes, function of cabinet. It was clause 44. Yeah, clause 44 is, is not stated. Um, The committee that was scrutinizing the constitutional amendment bill did not make any submission on the aspect of sitting of the constitutional court nothing was 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 rendered here i've gone through it up and down and i can't see anything i've only seen the tenure of office of judges but i haven't seen the sitting Okay, they don't have it. But the stakeholders that made submissions on this particular matter did raise concerns. And their concerns were that Clause 44, which amended Article 129, so that the sitting of the Constitutional Court were provided for in an Act of Parliament, this was because they felt that provisions related to the sitting of the constitutional court were important and warrant and warranted being warranted being in the constitution where they could not be easily altered therefore the stakeholders recommended that the provision relating to the sitting of the constitutional court be retained in the constitution the select committee did not make any recommendation whatsoever. They did not talk about this, which is a bit odd. I think they should have um, taken the stance to say certain constitutional provisions must be left in the constitution. There is no lacuna here whatsoever. I don't understand it myself. There's no lacuna here or there is no refinement. A perfect, clear provision why should we now give an act of parliament the duty of specifying the sitting of our courts acts of parliament are easily changed tomorrow you wake up you find there's a new law the constitutional court has 755 judges the constitutional court now has three judges and moreover even how it's it, it's it's drafted to say the constitutional court judges or the manner in how it was drafted to say the sitting shall be as prescribed in an act of parliament the Malawan constitution is much fairer it gives you the limited number that you expect so meaning three is a, is a minimum number and it would be as provided for but even though we would have drafted it like the Malawan I would have still objected it's dangerous Anyone can decide how many judges 
they want to be in the constitutional court and they will employ any one of them they feel can do the job for them. If we look at the South African constitution, which has a constitutional court like ours, in their constitution, the first provision under Article 167.1 talks about the constitutional court composition consisting of the Chief Justice of South Africa, the Deputy Chief Justice, and nine other judges. If we take an example of the Kenyan constitution relating to the composition and sitting under Article 163 of Part 2 of the Superior Courts, it establishes a Supreme Court and gives the composition. The Chief Justice, who is the President of the Court, the Deputy Chief Justice, five other judges. That's the composition of the Supreme Court in Kenya. The Nigerian constitution, I couldn't really find the, the composition, but I tried to check through. But if you had, I think even if you had to go through the Zimbabwean constitution, Botswana constitution, you find the same thread. What I'm trying to show you, therefore, is it is custom that when you create a court, you also have to have a provision that states the number of judges that court will have or the least number of judges that court will have and the highest number. If you look at the Kenyan constitution, it says five other judges apart from the deputy chief justice and the chief justice. The South African constitution, nine other judges including the Chief Justice and the Deputy Chief Justice. So you're seeing the sitting of a court is part of the provisions of the Constitution. If you look back at our Zambian, our previous amendments, even the current amendments talks about it, Article 129 right now. If you go back to the 1996 amendment, the 1990 amendment, even during the one-party state, we had sitting of the courts part of the constitution. In fact, since 1964, issues of the constitutional, not sorry, issues of the sitting of the court clearly have been unchanged because it's a major provision. And for us to change it and alter it scares me. I wonder why the the Parliamentary Select Committee did not have time to comment on such an important issue. We can't allow an act of parliament to be telling us today we have 12 judges, tomorrow we have 10, oh, tomorrow we have 13. These provisions are of importance because they go to the core of a court. You've created a constitutional court, okay? How many judges now will that particular court have? You know, if you look at the constitution... There's a provision that talks about the articles being given power by an act of parliament. So meaning, an act of parliament gives flesh to the constitution. The constitution only establishes and gives the major functions. The act of parliament will now proceed to go into detail but it must be made in line with the Constitution. 
Now imagine you've created a body but have not specified the number of people that are required for that body to function. That doesn't make sense. You know, an act of parliament to a specific extent does have its um, advantages. It also has its disadvantages. So in the end, I think this provision should clearly be This provision shouldn't even shouldn't even have been suggested because it doesn't make any sense. What are we trying to refine? What was the problem here? There was no problem. Unless you're telling me there was a problem pertaining to the sitting of the constitutional court, there were less judges or the 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 when a judgment is given, the the number that was assenting and dissenting was of a problem, yes. But there was no problem. Why do we want to change Something that is not broken, but doesn't add up. Based on the little research that we've had, you've looked at the South African constitution, you've also looked at the Kenyan constitution, the Malawan constitution, all providing and stating the minimum number of judges or the maximum number of judges that are supposed to be in a particular court. And it therefore must be in the constitution say so these are the number of judges. So it's a bit buffering again that the committee did not even talk about this. Because if I was part of the committee, straight on forward we would say this provision shouldn't even have been suggested because at no point does it make any sense. Why are you trying to change something that is not even broken, something that hasn't even been affected by anything? So, yeah, it's, I'm still shocked that they didn't look at Clause 44, but they talked about it. to say the stakeholders did submit. Anyway, that is my position on issue containing to the sitting of the Constitutional Court and also the fact that Article 1.5 of the Constitution, should, the recommendation should have, been, should have been removed because it talks to the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court, which is on Article 1.28. One. Yes. Thank you. We've come to the end of today's episode. I would like to thank you for taking the time to listen. And I hope you've understood one or two things. I must reiterate that this is my opinion. And I understand you have your own opinions on the bill. So do not feel as if you are at liberty to follow my opinion. No, I'm just um, expressing my opinion on the bill as any other person. But I'll, complete, I'll quickly go back and reiterate to say I think the sitting of the Constitutional Court is one thing the select committee that was asked to scrutinize the Constitutional uh, Amendment bill should have put their foot down and said this is not acceptable, there was nothing wrong uh, with the actual provision that is in there, there was no problem that has arisen uh, since 2016 and there's no need to change it. But anyway, uh, that's life. But I still feel the sitting of the constitutional uh, court judges is one cardinal uh, provision that should stay in the constitution because it talks to the creation of an institution. You create an institution without telling us how many judges there are and you throw it to an act of parliament. That doesn't make sense. We've looked at a few um, constitutions 
from within the diaspora and from our neighbors and they seem to suggest that the sitting of judges in their superior courts must be in the constitution so thank you for uh, listening to me today and uh, see you in the next episode